You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business, and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship, a Prop G Pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Welcome back to The Fighter versus The Rider. I am Damon Martin, and uh, a little special show this week because uh, my normal co-host, Mr. Matt Brown, of course, is gearing up for his fight in a couple weeks against Court McGee at UFC Fight Night from Charlotte. So uh, with Matt kind of tied up and busy, we were going to try to record something beforehand, but you know, training schedules are what they are. Guys get busy, and I don't ever fault anyone for trying to focus on fighting when they actually have a big fight coming up. So uh, the next couple of weeks will be getting some guests on here, some guest hosts on here, uh, and and doing some fun things while we wait for Matt to return after his fight on May 13th. So with that being said, coming off of last weekend where we had the big boxing match with Javante Davis getting the win over uh, Ryan Garcia. I want to say I called that one, thankfully. That was on the preview show on MMA Fighting if you missed it. I was very happy to call that one correct. Uh, and, of course, the uh, UFC event where Sergey Pavlovich, my God, what a monster that guy is, got a big win over Curtis Blades. We're moving right into next weekend, which is, uh, of course, there is a UFC event, Song Yudong taking on Ricky Simone in the main event. Uh, another UFC Apex card, kind of boo on that whole thing. I don't really like the Apex cards anymore, but it is what it is. But the biggest card this weekend, in my opinion, is BKFC 41. Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships has a massive card going on in Denver, Colorado, headlined by Mike Perry against Luke Rockhold. And, of course, Chad Mendez taking on uh, Eddie Alvarez, Ben Rothwell's on the card. Uh, Beck Rawlings is on the card uh, against Christine Ferreira. That's an incredible fight. This is the fight card of the weekend. So I thought, what better way to gear up for BKFC 41 than to do a full preview show and feature some of the biggest fighters that are going to be fighting this weekend? So we're going to talk today to Mike Perry and Luke Rockhold. They're fighting in the main event, of course, coming up on Saturday night. We're also going to talk to uh, UFC veteran and now bare knuckle fighter Chad Mendez as he gets geared up for his fight with Eddie Alvarez. Uh, lots to talk about with all these guys, and we're going to kick things off with the man who will uh, main event his uh, his third straight main event in BKFC, uh, the platinum one himself, Mike Perry. We're going to talk about Luke Rockhold. We're going to talk about the future as well as uh, what happened this past weekend with Nate Diaz getting a little bit of a street fight uh, outside of a uh, influencer boxing event of all things. So let's uh, let's kick things off in the right way by talking to none other than Platinum Mike Perry. 
They say it's all about gold, but this man is all about platinum. He is headlining BKFC 41 this weekend, and I couldn't think of a better way to get this week started than to talk to the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Perry. Mike, how are you? I'm doing great, man. You said it. You know, uh, platinum is up 19% since I signed with uh, my sponsor, Market Cypher. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> I love it. I dig that belt, the platinum belt, man. Obviously, another big fight coming up this weekend. Uh, I know you teased it to me before when we talked, uh, you know, in February ahead of the whole Jake Paul, Tommy Fury thing. You said something big coming in April. This is certainly something big. Definitely. I mean, uh, where do you go since the MVP fight? Uh, you go up, and and this is how you do it. You go up and wait. You fight the bigger opponent, the former world champion, and um, you beat them down to size. I love it. You know, we spoke when we spoke. I had heard rumors that that uh, Eddie Alvarez was coming to BKFC. I didn't hear about Luke, and I thought, man, Eddie Alvarez and Mike Perry—that's a banger. That's gonna be a great fight because Eddie's fought at welterweight before. I thought, man, that's the fight. Luke Rockhold kind of came out of left field. Um, were you surprised when you heard Luke Rockhold? Because I'll be honest, I didn't. I didn't really see that one coming. Oh, man, uh, it made a lot of sense to me when I heard it, and I kind of called for it on Twitter. Um, Last time, I talked to my management about some things on Twitter with a fight that could have happened possibly and didn't. Uh, I was like, if I would have tweeted back, you'd think that fight would have happened or something? And they were like, absolutely. So ever since then, I've been like, man, Twitter has more power than I thought it does. And um, when I saw Luke tweeting to Jake Paul about fighting him, I kind of called him out, and here we are. I love it. Now, this is obviously, you mentioned, you know, you're going up and wait for this one. You know, this is a fight where he's been a a middleweight and a light heavyweight, for that matter. He's fought a light heavyweight before, too. Um, You are going to be giving up some size. You know, you are going to be giving up some height, things like that. But I know you're a man who's all about challenges. Mike, and I mean this as an absolute comment, as an absolute compliment. You're a throwback. Like, you're the kind of old school guy. If you were around at UFC 1, you would have gladly fought the guy who was 40, 50 pounds heavier than you. Uh, You know, you have no problem with that. But I don't know, like, is this... It's just who Platinum Mike Perry is that you're willing to take a fight that, you know, he does have some physical advantages over you. Now, we could talk about the fight in a second, but in terms of physical, yeah, he has some advantages. But this just feels like this is the kind of fight you always want to step up for. Um, I do feel like I have some advantages by being a smaller guy and um, definitely excited to step up to the challenge uh, that is Luke Rockhold and... Um, you know, man, I mean, uh, am I kind of lost my train of thought? Look at that. I, I guess I'm I'm, I'm uh, learning more from Luke than I thought I was. You know what I mean? I'm already <laughs> losing my train of thought and forgot what I was going to say. But, yeah, uh, I have some advantages in the fight being smaller. He's bigger, but he is coming down in weight. That's what I was going to talk about. You know, he's, he's cutting a lot of weight. I'm cutting a little of weight. So – um, you know, I still have to cut a little bit. I'll still put a couple pounds back on. He'll put maybe more than me. And um, he's still going to be a little, um, uh, like, dried out in the fight. And um, I'll be happy and healthy and uh, stronger than ever. This will be 
obviously because it's a bigger weight class and I've been pumping more iron than usual and, and, um, you know, lifting heavier weights that I will have more power than I usually have in a fight. Cause I cut, you know, 20 pounds normally, uh, and I'm, I diminish my power a little bit by doing that. I think he's doing that by cutting down and by me kind of going up a weight class and only cutting a little bit. Um, I think I'll be stronger and faster than ever. You know, I remember speaking to you around, you know, when you signed with BKFC, it was like, it seemed like a natural fit. You know, you're just that old school guy. I was like, man, Mike Perry is going to be a star in bare knuckle, but you had to go out there and do it. Right. And, and you, you went out there and had that battle with Julian Lane. And I said the same thing going in the MVP fight. I said, you've been here, you know what that's like. And I think the first time you hit uh, MVP, I think it was in the first round when you, when you, when you, when you staggered him early, it was like a wake up call. Like, oh man, it's real. Like, this is a real deal when you step in here and do bare knuckle. Now, listen, Luke's a legend. He's a you know, former UFC champion, former Strike Force champion. We know he's a good fighter. But when you hit him with that first bare knuckle, you hit him with that first punch, are you going to be looking for that? Because we all know that I say this constantly, Mike, it's a different animal fighting bare knuckle. It's a different animal getting hit with a bare knuckle. Like this is going to be interesting, right? Like you have the experience, you are the veteran, you know what it's like, and you know, it's a different world. When you tag somebody for that first time with that bare knuckle, you're going to see that look in his eye. Definitely. I'm, I'm looking for that all night long. Uh, I'm looking to see the fear in his eyes of when he swings and he can't hit me or, you know, who knows? I could win the fight by him punching me in the face and his hand hurts so bad. He goes down, takes a knee and the pain is so excruciating that he can't make the 10 call. And that's it. I win based off of my chin power and my, my skull power and, you know, just, you know, I was just talking to Brian Campbell about this, about how a time when I had an epiphany and I gave in to who I am as a person, as an athlete, and I'm Mike Perry, platinum Mike Perry, and what do I do well? I take punches to the face better than anyone on the planet. I'm the hardest-headed person on the planet, and I'm the toughest son of a gun on the planet. So I gave in to that, and I'm, you know, that's just a couple of the ways I see myself winning this fight. He could hurt his hands on me. I could bust his face with my hands. And, um, you know, we'll see where it goes. If he's tough enough to keep going, I'll outbox him for five or six rounds. Well, it's funny you say that because if there's been one question about Luke, you know, coming out of his UFC career, it was, you know, he, he did he did suffer some knockouts. And, and we saw what happened in the Bisping fight and a couple others. You know, is he, is he, is he, there? does he still have that chin? Can he still take the punches? We know you can. You just said it. You have an incredible chin. You've shown incredible durability. Uh, what do you, what do you make of that with Luke? I mean, obviously you're going to expect the best Luke Rockhold we've ever seen. You're training for the best Luke Rockhold that's ever been inside of a, a ring or a cage. But at the same time, like you hit different than any other fighter. You hit like a truck. And, you know, if there is like a little concern about the durability, like, can I imagine that's something you're very much looking forward to seeing, like testing that chin of his? We know how good your chin is. Let's see how good his is. Yeah, um, I know he wants to hurt me, and it really makes me want to hurt him. Um, I am, I have a challenge in front of me, and that is his size and his range. 
uh, his length, depending on how he fights. If he comes stalking forward like he did in the UFC, or if he if he fights at range. Well, I've been training with uh, guys his size, height, and weight-wise who are better distance strikers than him. And um, in my opinion, you know, the guys that I've been training with, uh, I mean, I'm they just make me believe how great I really am at boxing when it comes to hit for hit. You know, if you want to punch me and I want to punch you, I have it more than everyone else. I just got this thing in me that goes and it doesn't stop. It doesn't quit. It just goes and it keeps coming after you. And, and I know that if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to hit you back and I'm going to hit you again. And I'm going to try to watch out for me to not get hit again. I'm still kind of smart in there. I know that I don't want to just take the hit full on. I try to roll with the punches and that's life in general. And I'm coming after you and I'm going to hit you and I'm going to hit you until you don't want it anymore. I love it. You know, uh, leading into the fight, Mike, you know, from the press conferences and a couple interviews, you know, it seems like Luke has tried a little bit to get in your head. He said some things, and he's tried to go. Although you, the one thing you had a common interview, absolutely cracked me up when he said, uh, "You you saw my last fight." And you're like, actually, I didn't see your last fight. I thought that was great, but like he's trying All to right. get in your he's trying to get in your head a little bit. And and listen, I get that's the sport, right? Like we get it. But you you've been a guy like you're just again, you're the old school guy. You're gonna go in there and punch him in the mouth, whether he's saying great things about you or saying bad things. I think there's a lot of respect between you and MVP, and you ended up going out there and beating him. Uh, do you laugh or do you do you do you still kind of like roll your eyes when people try to get in your head? It just seems like you're a little immune to that. Uh, but Luke's tried it. It seems like he's tried to get in your head a little bit. Well, you know, I think uh, when when me and Luke faced off, and you know, there's just one thing, you know, that I don't think he's I don't think he's really taking my capability into consideration, and, and even if he is. That means he's got to deal with it. But if he's not, it's going to be a rude awakening for him. Um, I am taking all his, all the challenges in front of me into consideration. The size of him, the size of his fists, how hard he can punch when you're not moving. Um, you know, when he hits the mitt with his coach and stuff like that, he's punching hard or whatever. But I don't, uh, you know, and it doesn't matter if he's taking it into consideration or not, it when I get in there, I've stood in front of some of the, I mean, I've stood in front of the best fighters in the world. I've sparred with John Jones and this was years and years ago. And I did great. And now I'm not saying that he was trying to murder me, but John is just, let me give you an example of the first, few seconds with John Jones at the time that I sparred with him. I come out, we're in a cage in Jackson Wink in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I start moving around because at that time, that's what Anderson Silva did, right? When he started a fight, he moved around the cage. He moved around, he changed directions. He just shuffled side to side until a guy would maybe attempt to come in and attack him. So I'm shuffling around John Jones and he jumps in the air it looked effortless but he jumped so high and he throws like this spinning hook kick 
and his big ass foot just kind of <laughs> went by my face. And I was like, all right, well, let me just do what I normally do. And it's not fucking move around like that. It's fucking come at you fucking like Mike Tyson and I move and I slip and I jab and I work my way in and I work the body up to the head. You know what I mean? So, um, just, you know, I just, uh, I give in to who I am, man. I'm coming to fight this dude. And, um, I'm looking to be the greatest version of myself that I've ever been, that I've ever showed the planet. And, um, that's all I can do. Absolutely. You know, this is the kind of fight you signed up for when you signed with BKFC. You wanted big fights. The MVP fight was a unbelievable spectacle, you know, coming over from Bellator, all those kind of things. Now you got Luke Rockwell, a former UFC champion. You know, a couple times ago when we spoke, you were looking for that fight with Nate Diaz, and Nate Diaz was a free agent. He's still out there. I'm sure you saw the news, of course, that Nate Diaz is going to end up boxing Jake Paul, a guy you were kind of preparing for a couple months ago. Can I ask your opinion on that one, Mike? Because I am curious. You were gonna, you were looking to box Jake Paul. You said you wanted Nate Diaz in a bare-knuckle fight. What do you think of Nate Diaz boxing Jake? Um, <laughs> well, it's a little street fight. It looked like he choked out Logan Paul with a guillotine. <laughs> the guy kind of looked like Logan Paul. They were saying that in the comments. Um, but it's boxing. It's not MMA, so his jujitsu stuff. But Nate, you know, he's a lanky guy. He can he can box. It's a peppery style, um, you know. And uh, Jake, Tommy Fury's a, a big muscular guy. And they hit each other. Jake's got a big noggin on him. He can take a good punch. Um, I don't see Nate throwing that power. But then look what Nate did in the fourth round against Leon Edwards. He rocked him. He wobbled him. And, um, you know, he thinks that one moment was enough that he won. And he's <laughs> like, oh, and still when Leon won the next fight. And, um you know, it's interesting, I guess, is what I'm getting at. It's an interesting matchup. I'd like to see how Nate, you know, peppers it and, and tries to win. I, I'm i sure he's going to work the body. Um, he's going to have to. And, you know, I definitely know he's durable. So when Jake hits him hard, I know he'll take it. Um, you know, tough to say who wins though because if it goes to the cards who's the favorite who are they going to want to win you know all of those things you got to take into context when you're talking about a decision and um so you know i don't know um you mentioned it there i gotta say mike it's funny that you saw the street fight with nate diaz this weekend there are certain people in this sport and I say this in all sincerity. I think I've met Nate. I've been around Nate and his brother, Nick. They're both incredibly nice guys. Like they're, I, I've been nothing but friendly with me. And I, I would say like all of our interviews, you're a nice guy, Mike. Now you can flip that switch. And when I think about guys that I'm like, this is not a guy I'd ever want to cross in that kind of situation. And these reality show guys were kind of, what did you like? What did you make of that whole Nate Diaz situation? Cause I thought it was kind of funny. Like the one guy's yelling at him, whatever he chucks a water bottle. I had flashbacks to the Conor McGregor thing. And then the dude I was and they're getting into another thing out in the club. Dude literally got choked out and laid out on the ground. I'm like, there's just certain people you shouldn't try to get into a street fight with. And I have to imagine Nate Diaz is near the top of that list. <laughs> well, the, 
Yeah, I saw the water bottle thing too inside the arena, and I guess that guy who kind of tried to come after him was like he was a pro athlete as well, and um, and he looked like a bigger guy, but I mean Nate's Nate's funny. I always think about uh, this this video that I saw where this guy was like, I won this thing where I get to hang out with Nate Diaz and and. Uh, you know his crew and we go to the we go to the fights or we go to the club and we go hang out and he was like it it was exactly what you would think it would be we're like in the club we're drinking and Nate's like pushing people out of the way and slapping people <laughs> and like he gets in a fight with this guy and they totally knock this guy out and I'm just sitting here watching all of this he was like he was like, it was, it was such an amazing experience. It was such a prize to win that. And like, it was everything that you thought it would be. So, you know, um, Nate and them, man, I mean, I went to the Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva fight and I was hoping I would have gotten to see Nate there. I have met Nate and I met Nick before totally random times. I met Nate in Mexico city when my friend, was fighting and uh it was Alex Nicholson versus Sam Alvey and that week Nate Diaz was in Mexico City I met him there and then I met Nick Diaz in Miami coming out of a spot that I used to like to go and drink and eat food at and I was like yo let's take some shots and he didn't want to so <laughs> you know but um I mean I like them guys man they but we're fighters, you know, we, we sell fights and, and we get mad at anybody who thinks that they can beef with us in, in a one-on-one matchup. So I understand them. Yeah, it just seems a little crazy to me. Like I get it. It's a you know you're you're in a you're 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 trying to be a fighter like the reality show guys, but like there's real fighting and then there's like reality show fighting. And I just think like the guy walking up on you or a guy walking up on AD as like it's just a bad move, man. Bad things are gonna happen when he grabbed that dude in the choke. I was like, yeah, this is this isn't gonna end well for him, and it sh- it certainly didn't. Yeah, sometimes people see people fighters on in real life they see fighters that they watch on tv in real life and they i don't know if they want to test themselves or if they want to just be rude or tell you know just kind of try to maybe be confident in front of some girl they're with or something and be like oh you know that fighter watch this and they try to be disrespectful and act or they think that we're you know we are um, under watch and we, we, we can't be normal or bad people and we're not going to bust your ass if you come over to us being all disrespectful. Like, I, I definitely don't want those things to happen, but, you know, sometimes people do the wrong things. Yeah, you gotta be real dumb though to do that. Like I said, I, I just and that's I, I to make it clear. And I say this like you're a guy, Mike. Like I don't think you, I don't think you or Nate and those guys like go looking for trouble necessarily. But you know, sometimes trouble finds you. That's just the reality of that situation. And I've seen it. I've seen guys go up and say crazy stuff to fighters, thinking they're gonna test them. I'm like, this is this is not gonna end well for you, man. Like this is a this is a bad dude right here. You do not want to test this guy. It is not gonna end well for you. Well. I definitely don't want to – I like to get paid when I fight, but I definitely – I do try to have that Diaz mindset where, you know, if a guy comes up to me – I was telling people earlier, I was doing interviews, and I was saying how 
with this bare knuckle boxing, I kind of take it like a, especially against a bigger opponent. It's like, who's this big guy in the corner of the bar with his loud mouth talking shit thinks that nobody in here is going to bust his ass. Cause he's the bigger guy and he thinks people are afraid of him and we're drinking in the bar on Saturday night and I'm going to bust his ass. That's what this is going to be like, you know, a Saturday night street fight with a couple shots of tequila. <laughs> uh, can I ask, I know your focus is on Luke Rockhold and, and obviously the future is what it is. You're looking for these big fights in BKFC. Uh, is there still hope you'd like to see Nate Diaz one day? I know that's one you wanted. Uh, kudos to him for getting the Jake Paul fight. I hope he gets paid a lot of money, but I still think that's a big fight. I still hope it happens. Man. Um, you know, the, the corporation, the company, uh, my management, the people I worked for, you know, I, in my eyes, I win this fight on Saturday. I can be the face of combat sports, especially because I'm a bare knuckle boxer. A lot of guys who are in combat sports, no matter the organization they're in, um, I don't think that they see themselves want to come over here and challenge. A lot of the guys that are in bare knuckle, they might want the challenge, but, you know, that's because they want to pay day. Get the fuck out of here, man, because I'm going to fuck you up right now. You know, I've been on that Canelo voice all day, and um, we all want a payday. I get it. We're combat sports athletes. We want to fight for the big money, this and that. But like I was saying, the company I fight for, um, who they come up with next, that's what makes sense. Whoever they want, whoever they think, whatever their money is worth, that's what they get when they offer me the fights. And I say, yes, I don't say no. So if they offer me the fight, whoever it is, whatever it is, um, you know, I'm looking to beat Luke on Saturday. I'm really focused on that right now. It's hard to look past such a, such a challenge, but you know, um, I, I definitely, I have a lot more in the tank and this is what I'm built for. And um, especially as a bare knuckle boxer, you know, I, I just think it's right up my alley. And uh, that's an alley you don't want to find me on. Trust me, I already said I don't want to see any of you guys in the street. If anything, I'm going to come up, shake your hand and say, nice to meet you, Mr. Perry. That's about the worst it's going to be. So <laughs> that's, what everyone, be, that's, what, good, that, that, that's what everyone's demeanor should be. Nice to meet you, Mr. Perry. That's the reaction. No one should come up and try to try to start beef there. Uh, Mike, it is uh, it is always a pleasure to catch up with you. I didn't get a chance to say we haven't spoke since then. Congrats on your baby being born, right? Right as Thank we were you. talking the last time, it was before that. So I didn't get a chance to tell you that. Congratulations. So uh, best of luck this weekend, man. Not to you need it i can't wait to watch this is the biggest fight of the weekend by a wide margin you guys are going to steal the show i can't wait uh and thank you as always for the time you know i appreciate it thank you so much i always appreciate your time and your uh and enthusiasm absolutely we'll talk soon mike all right all right brother have a blessed one you too bye-bye bye what does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G pod special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It is always fun catching up with Mike Perry. I look forward to his main event. And now, without further ado, let's talk to the man who will fight Mike Perry this week. And he's making his bare-knuckle debut. Luke Rockhold, of course, former UFC champion, former Strike Force champion, announced his retirement this past August following a fight in the UFC. And it didn't take long until after that for him to secure his release from the promotion and then... Uh, Sign with BKFC, it was a bit of a surprise. I, I thought, you know, Luke is a lifelong martial artist. I didn't necessarily see this move happening for him, but he had talked a little bit about, you know, Jake Paul, and, and there was maybe, you know, something else going on with that. And, and, and you know, there's other organizations out there. Of course, he had a great relationship for many years with Scott Coker when he worked in Strike Force. So lots of options for Luke. I'll be honest, I didn't see BKFC as one of them, but here we go. Luke Rockhold making his BKFC debut against none other than Mike Perry. This is going to be a massive fight. This is a really, really interesting fight. Of course, Mike Perry has that experience edge over him, but we know how good Luke Rockhold is. So, without further ado, let's talk to the man who will fight Mike Perry in his bare-knuckle debut, Luke Rockhold. He is one of the best middleweight fighters in the history of the sport, but now he's taking the gloves off to fight in bare-knuckle fighting championships against Mike Perry. Main event coming up, matter of, at this point, days away. One of my favorite people to speak to in the sport, Luke Rocco. Luke, what's going on? Not much. Just trying to see your face through that fucking microphone. <laughs> I, uh, I appreciate you taking the time as always Luke obviously I mentioned BKFC debut I saw you on one of your Instagram videos in the sauna uh, it seems like you're conditioning the knuckles I'm always curious when guys are fighting bare knuckle like, how do you get ready because I hope you're not beating up your sparring partners without gloves on so how do you get ready for bare knuckle all the above <laughs> <laughs> you know, sparring partners are needed. You gotta you gotta land. You gotta let them hit you a little bit. You gotta hit them a bit. Um, you gotta hit your sauna. You gotta hit the bags. You gotta hit the sand. You gotta hit the fucking. Gotta do it all. You know, I've been, I've had good hands over the years, so um, I'm not too worried, obviously. But I want to I want to toughen them up because you just you don't want to get to a, you know a point in the fight where you're feeling something. So just just. Just doing your due diligence and, and making sure everything's yeah. I mean, you know, I know we've talked about the issue you had with your shin, you know what I mean? Like with guys who are like tie kickers, you know, they condition their legs kicking trees and stuff, but you can still, you know, like I said, you can condition them all you want. Things happen, right? Like that's just the nature of combat sports. Yeah, no, for sure. It happens and, and you just prepare for the worst. That's, that's the thing is obviously I, I feel like I'm ready. I feel like I'm capable of, of landing the shots and taking the shots on my hands, on my face. But we always prepare for the worst. That's what the best do. And uh, I prepare for the best fighter in the world. I prepare to be the best fighter I can be and prepare for the best fighter across the cage for me, whether no matter who it is. Yeah. We uh we talked a lot in, in your last couple of years over the UFC. And 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 when you when you had the fight with Paulo Costa and you announced your retirement. 
you know, it just seemed like, I don't know, it just seemed like you're just like, it was like you're ready to move on. And then, and then when you announced this, it seemed like a fresh start. Like you just were happy. And I don't know, you tell me, like, do you feel like a weight? I'm not, I don't want to turn this into like, let's bash the UFC, but it just feels like a weight's lifted. It feels like you're free and it feels like this is just a good fresh start for you. Like a good kind of happy, fresh start for Luke Rockhold. Is that fair to say? Yeah, no doubt. You know, I, I was, I was locked into a contract many different contracts you know it's just one contract to the next but there's always long-term deals and 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 it's not always like the best energy and the best setting when the when you're when you're fighting when you're at odds with each other and, and whatever the you know you're fighting on their terms their paycheck there's this that and so being a free agent it's a different story being your own promotion being able to fight on your own terms and pick your paychecks pick your fights like it shouldn't be, like the fight game is. You know, if you're at the top of the game, you should be able to pick, you know, when you work together with the promoter to find the opponent, to find the paycheck that you want, that makes you happy, that makes you want to fight. Then you're going to get the best fighters, the best fight from that fighter. That's what fighting is. Not being fucking enslaved to a company and fighting on their terms, who they want, for what they want. Fuck that. You know, I, I mean, I had thankful for Hunter Campbell letting me go and doing my thing, but the structure isn't, isn't a, you know, it's not, it's not the best people. People want to believe everything that the, the UFC says and does and, and understand their narrative, but it's not the narrative. Yeah. Do you, I, can I imagine that you, uh, you know, you probably see, like, you see what happened with a guy like you. You can see what happened with the guy like Francis Ngannou. Like, I was actually really happy, Francis. And listen, I, I'm not, this isn't me taking shots at the UFC, but, like, he obviously had issues. He had things he wanted to do outside of the UFC they were never going to allow him to do. So he stuck to his guns. He got his free agency. And now he can sign for a $30 million fight to fight Deontay Wilder that he couldn't have if he was still under UFC contract. Like, again, I think we've seen more and more of this lately where guys and girls are willing to bet on themselves and, and, and there are opportunities out there that don't require the UFC. Like you, I know you said uh, in another interview, like you're getting paid very well for this fight. Like you're doing because you want to do it. This is what you chose to do. Not because you're locked into a five fight deal that you can't get out of. Yeah, no doubt. And, and then, and you can, you can wager your own terms and get your own title fights and get your own this, that, like what you really deserve, what the people want, not what they want. So um, I'm fucking stoked for Francis. Francis is like, he's a, he's a real man with balls and fucking, and can make a decision. There's too many yes men in the world. The UFC is where it is today because all those motherfuckers are yes men and they're just playing their game. So the UFC is going to keep playing their game and keep controlling the fighters. If there wasn't so many yes men, if there's more Francis Naganus and Luke Rockholds and people that had a fucking pair of balls, we'd have an even fucking playing field. But there's too many bitches in the world. <laughs> Do you? Is it fair to say, Luke? Like when you when you had the cost to fight and it was over and you you announced your retirement, was that more about? just being done with that than necessarily being done with your career. Cause you obviously you right away, you, when you got released, you were ready to go again and you got this BKFC deal. Like, is it, is it fair to say you were just done with that? Not necessarily done with fighting. I, yeah. To some extent, you know, definitely being locked in with them and, and from, for what they're offering and, and what was on the table and having to work back to, 
their ranks on their terms. No, I didn't want to do that. That's not fun for me. I've already been there. I've been the UFC champion. I've been the strike force champion. What's fucking next? I want new goals. I want new challenges. Um, you never know. I mean, as long as, as long as my body is going in the direction it's going right now, fucking anything can happen. You know, I could go back in there you know, if it were on my terms. Um, so, but, but conquering another world right now is what I'm looking for. You know, more, more mountains to climb, more things to do. This is, this is what I'm fucking here for. I like fighting. Fighting fucking gives me life. And it's <laughs> fucking, it makes, it makes everything very real in life. You know, it's uh, when there's another mother, motherfucker out there trying to take your head off, trying to hurt you, trying to kill you, basically. Absolutely. We don't allow that to happen. <laughs> think about it, dream about it every fucking day. And uh, you have something to work towards. There's too many people that just are just playing the game of life and not being present, not not living in in that present state of mind that gives clarity and gives fucking understanding. Yeah, I like absolutely. You uh, you you come from an era like when you were in Strike Force before Strike Force got bought by the UFC. You came from an era where there were organizations that were out there you could be a free agent and you could be with strike force and i know you always had a great relationship with scott coker and then obviously what happened happened you end up in the ufc but now we're kind of at a stage where there are a lot of opportunities in the world for combat sports i mean you know again going back to francis he said you know i've had offers from pfl one championship he's got this deontay wilder fight uh if you would have told me five years ago luke rockhold's fighting a bare knuckle i would have said what that's crazy like where why would luke <laughs> why would luke rockhold fight bare knuckle like is it good that there's these opportunities out there for you now like again i, I imagine five years ago you probably would have said bare knuckle what what how how how's that coming but again this opportunity is here it's something new it's something fresh it's something fun something different and i assume you're getting you know paid handsomely yeah they fucking they take they take care of the fighters no doubt. They're taking care of me and they take care of a lot of guys. Um, it's, it's new, it's different. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bare knuckle, bare knuckle boxing. This is like the beginning of combat sports. There's something so pure about it. It's just, it, it, people are becoming more and more aware of it and, and uh, are falling for it more and more. I think, you know, opening the door and, and turning the eyes, I think this fight, is, is doing a lot for the sport and uh, look forward to, uh, to growing it and helping them do this thing. Yeah. Do you, obviously this is day one, Luke, this is your first fight, Mike Perry. It's a massive one, but in terms of preparation, in terms of relationship you built so far with BKFC, Dave Feldman, the group, like, do you anticipate doing more than one bare knuckle fight? Like, is this, is this going to be, you know, obviously offers are going to come. Somebody could come and say, Hey, we want you to fight, you know, Logan Paul, we're going to pay you $10 million, whatever. They may be out, but I'm saying like in the, in the future, could you see yourself? Are you enjoying it enough to where you feel like you will do more than one bare knuckle fight? I, I think it's very realistic. Yeah. I mean, depending, it's gotta be the right opponent. It's gotta be the right paycheck. It's gotta be the right stage for sure. Mike Perry is, you know, is interesting. It's like, it's my first step into it. And it's, it's, it's a guy like Mike Perry. It just makes me, you know, <laughs> I'm sure like people feel the same way. I want to put my fucking hands on that kid's face. I just want to fucking shut him up. Just like people want to shut me up, but we're going to give the people what they want. Either way, someone's going to get it. But, you, uh, <laughs> and you're, you're a pretty self-motivated guy, Luke. You don't, like I said, it didn't really matter who's out there, but it, you obviously, uh, Mike Perry, you know, he says some things, he does things. I know you mentioned the the bar fight he got into once upon a time. Uh, I don't know. You tell me, what is your opinion on Mike Perry? 
<clears throat> I mean, he Mike Perry's got a level of entertainment. He's got a little something to him, you know. He's 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 but he's also just a fucking idiot too. To be able to do something like that, like I don't care how drunk you are, you don't fucking go knock out a, a guy that old. I don't care what the fucking circumstances are. Um, so I think he's a fucking idiot. I think he is entertaining in in some sense. I think he's yeah. That's about all I think about him. He's he, he brings it, man. The kid brings it to fight, though. I'll give him that. He, he's he's game. He's a game fighter. He's gonna come forward. He's gonna get hit. He's gonna keep getting up. He's gonna keep getting in your face. And guess what? I'm the same motherfucker, but I'm a lot bigger, a lot stronger, and I hit a lot fucking harder. They, uh, I, I say this, and this is real. Like you know, weight classes in 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 combat sports exist for a reason. Um, obviously, you're a guy. At your size, you can easily fight at middleweight and or light heavyweight. You're big enough to do that. But I know you wouldn't cut off your leg to fight at welterweight. That's just not what you're going to do. Uh, when when this fight got announced, my initial reaction was, fun fight. I love it. Mike Perry's up for the challenge. But it is a tall challenge because he is naturally a welterweight. And I've seen and stood next to Mike Perry. And I've seen and stood next to you, Luke. You're a big dude. I'm six foot three. You're a big dude. Like, I was like, man, this seems like it's going to be a bit of a, a little bit of a size mismatch. Did you... Did you have the same thought when you when you got presented Mike Perry? I said, you're going to give me Mike Perry and you're going to give me that? <laughs> yeah, sign me the fuck up. Let's go. Uh, but this is not this is not fighting, though, too. You have to think of, like, fighting is weight classes. You can put your weight on top of somebody. And you can get, like, you can change the course of, of that, which is the extended grappling exchanges, uh, clinch exchanges, and then being on, actually on top of somebody. So the weight doesn't play that much of a factor, you know, um, in boxing. Cause it's like, you know, it's, you have Mike Tyson versus the biggest guys too. Right. You know, this, it's a little different game and it's bare knuckle too. So it's, you know, it's, it's not as much power as you think. I mean, the power is definitely there. It's an option, but you're, you're trying to get to that target first. It's different. You know, it's, you can't load up as much as you possibly can because you're going to fucking shatter your hands. I mean, anybody can hit hard enough can shatter their hands, I'm sure. So it's you're trying to find the target. You're trying to find the soft spots. You're not trying to hit the top of the head. You're not trying to hit the elbows. You don't want to get fucking too careless, but you want to, want to add numbers up for sure. It's, it's different, man. I'm trying to understand it. And that's that's the, the beautiful thing about it. And that's what signed me up for it. It's just it's so new, and it's it's such a new challenge, and it's something I need at this stage you know, to keep me keep me motivated. Yeah, I know. One other thing I want to ask you, Luke, is because I know when you go through mixed martial arts, one of the things I hear a lot from guys, you know, as as when they do bare knuckle or go over to boxing is that, you know, MMA is a lot of wear and tear on your body. I mean, just realistically, your wrestling, your jujitsu, your legs, just the things you put your 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 body through. Um, have you been yeah. like, has it been, has it been has it been healthier to do <laughs> boxing, like just to focus on boxing or just to, sit, to sit like this position? And to fucking wrestle every day, the body's not fucking built for that. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, mean, like, I, I tell you, wrestling is one of the first things I've done in my life, and it is one of the last things I want to do. It <laughs> fucking sucks. It just wears on your body, and to be in that position, it's like uh, you need a break sometimes. You need a break. And, and you need a break from everything in so many ways. But, yeah, the wear and tear – the cardiovascular aspect of it, you can, you can, you know, there's a lot of dimensions to, to fighting that it's a, it's, it's, it's harder on your body for sure. You know, and sometimes you need a break. Sometimes yeah. you just want to fight. Sometimes you just want to throw hands. 
has it been fun though just just focusing on the boxing i mean not to say i'm sure at some point in your workout you're doing different things but has it been fun just to just to be a boxer kind of right now yeah no doubt it's fun it's fun. It'd be nice to throw a kick here and there, but that's about it. <laughs> Who all have you been working with for this one? Have you changed a lot of things to get ready for this, or have you tried to keep the? Because it's it's weird because bare knuckles is not straight boxing because you can clinch, you know, things like that that are still a little bit more, you know, like MMA in terms of like the clinching, the body, things like that. But obviously, ultimately, you're just throwing punches. So, like, how much difference? Like, are you working with strictly a boxing coach? How are, how have you been preparing for it? I've been working with. Uh, you know, I've worked with boxing coaches, but, you know, I have – me and Perillo have this thing pretty down, um, and the guys – so I've been, I've been fighting for a long time. Perillo has been an MMA coach. When the, uh, he's a Hall of Fame MMA coach and boxing, too. He's a professional boxer. He's, he's trained, sparred, and coached guys like, like uh, Johnny Tapia, Botha, I mean everybody. So he covers the map for me in, in that respect, and and I know what I'm gonna, what I'm going to do. We're we're figuring this thing out together, and uh, I'm confident. I'm confident I'm going to go out there and find my mark. Yeah. Now, when it all comes down to it in April, the the goal is to win. Uh, but I always say this, and uh, uh, I heard a quote recently uh, from somebody who was in free agency, and their manager told them. Do you want to be a UFC fighter or do you want to be a prize fighter? And and they're like, yeah, I want to be a prize fighter because what they were getting offered outside the UFC is more money. I had this conversation with Chad Mendez about a week and a half ago, and I said, you know, talking about him, he's fighting obviously on the same card as you. And I said, how is the pay? And he's like, I'm getting paid more for this fight than I ever made in the UFC, even when I fought for the title. Now, you're a little different situation, Luke, because you're a champion. Uh, you were also a star in terms of drawing power and things like that. So I'm not going to ask you for numbers or anything. But what BKFC is paying you, is this the biggest payday of your career? It's right there. It's right alongside. Back when the one that UFC is being run by real businessmen, they took care of me quite well on the back end. You know, Frank, Frank and Lorenzo Fertitta, my guy, he uh they 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 definitely treat you well on the back end and then there is none of that anymore. Um since the more Morris Endeavor acquisition. Uh, I think they've they've run that company into the ground um in in fairness to the fighters and everybody else. So uh yeah. This is good. This is really good. <laughs> this is on par. This is on par with my world title fight. Backroom, backroom, Lorenzo Fertitta. Yeah, nice. back, 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 back when they, uh, back when they, they, they had a little extra cash getting handed out, and not a little bit either. I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm here, and uh, this is what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, before I let you go, Luke, last time we spoke was before the Costa fight. Um, I know you're tra you know, training, you're in California, things like that. I know we spoke about your guy, one of my favorite people, Kane Velasquez. He was going through a lot. I know he's out right now. Have you had a chance to catch up with Kane? I know he's been traveling, doing some stuff. I talked to DC. He got to catch up with him. I talked to Ryan Bader. He did a thing with him. Everyone's very happy. Have you had a chance to, uh, to catch up with Kane since he's been home? Yeah. Yeah. We, we got, I got up there and me and Cormier and Kane had a little, Little hang and a dinner, and uh, we had some good, good laughs, good, good times. You know, Kane's nice to see him getting out of the house now and, and being able to integrate and coach and do his thing. 
and uh, be where he should be, free. You know, there should be a one person should be in bars and it's not Kane. Behind I was bars. just. I was just glad to see him be home with his family. It was so well-deserved and so needed and uh, took way too long, but, you know, I'm just glad he's there and it seems like he's doing well. Everyone I've talked to that's been around said he's you know, in great spirits and doing well. That's just, obviously, that's what we all want to hear. He needed to be with his family. You know, his family needed him and, and I'm glad he's there. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, happy for him and I'm excited to go out and hang with him after the fight for sure. Absolutely. Well, Luke, you know, I always love catching up with you, man. Obviously, I'm looking forward to this bare knuckle thing, man. I, I've become a big fan of bare knuckle these last couple of years. Their events are fun. I, have you have you watched? Like, obviously, you signed with them. Have you watched? Like, have you been watching BKFC events? Because I love their production. Like, I love what they do, man. They put on a good show. Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't help but watch it. I'm studying it. I'm learning every weekend because they have a fight every weekend around the fucking world. And, like, there's something to say about that. The company's but they're on their game and they're putting on good fights and the fights are getting better. You know, I think the quality of fights are getting better. Um, and you're going to see that the level of skill rise. You know, I think it's, you, you get, you get the initial like kind of scrubs and the guys coming in and just was winging it like amateur fights where it's fun to watch. But now, you know, I think you'll get, you'll get to see the evolution of, of bare knuckle come along because you have more really skilled fighters come in and trying to figure the game out and dial it in and and get the uh the best of the best for what you're gonna see absolutely well luke i can't wait to see it man i'm very much going to be watching this one can't wait to see you go in there and throw down with mike perry in their first bare knuckle fight and you know i always appreciate the time man have a good rest of your training camp obviously safe travels out to the fight and uh cannot wait for uh for the bare knuckle debut of luke rockhold <laughs> See you, Damon. I'll see you on the other side. Absolutely, man. Talk to you soon. Always great catching up with Luke Rockall. One of my favorite interviews in all the years I've been doing this. Uh, Luke is always a great interview. Great to chat with him. He has uh, a lot of perspectives on the sport. He's been around. He's kind of seen it all and done it all. And you can't get uh, much better than that. Our final interview of the day is the man who will welcome Eddie Alvarez to the BKFC ring this weekend. He, of course, picked up a win over Fames. In his bare-knuckle debut, I'm talking about Chad Mendez, former UFC title contender and now bare-knuckle fighter. Um, this was a, a great conversation I had with Chad as we talked not only about this fight but also his future. You know, Chad has kind of taken on a different approach in his comeback from retirement, you know, more or less saying that, you know, I'm back for big fights and big paychecks. He's not interested in titles. Uh, he's not interested in, in, in just fighting anybody or anyone. He's interested in getting paid, and he's interested in big opportunities. And it doesn't get a whole lot bigger than taking on a former UFC champion like Eddie Alvarez, who is a, a well-known knockout artist in his own right. And this just seems like a banger. I mean, if you're asking me to like tell me like tell you which fight I'm more looking forward to this week between the main and co-main, I don't think I could pick because the main is so intriguing to me, and the co-main is fascinating as well. You know, Eddie Alvarez, kind of like Mike Perry, is a guy who feel like, man, this is a guy who was kind of built for bare knuckle, and uh, and now he's going to be doing bare knuckles. So this is really interesting. Chad Mendez, of course, packs a ton of power in his punches. Uh, he looks great, you know, up in weight, no longer kind of killing himself to get down to featherweight. This is a really intriguing matchup. So without further ado, let's talk to the man who will fight Eddie Alvarez in the co-main event at BKFC 41, Chad Mendez.
So, uh, Chad, how is everything, man? Obviously gearing up for this second bare knuckle fight. Uh, everyone I keep talking to says this is the biggest bare knuckle uh, fight card of all time. I think I would tend to agree. Uh, I don't know. You've been in big fights. You've been in so many big fights in your career. Like, do you get excited to be part of a big card like this? Like, you've been main events. You've headline pay-per-views. But, like, do you get more excited when you have a big fight on a big card like this? Yeah, of course, man. This is definitely something that motivates you more as a fighter. You know, it's it's – we work our ass off to get to these points, you know, now that it's here, you got to sit back and just kind of enjoy it all. But yeah, man, it, it's obviously been a little bit since I've been on a absolute huge card like this, but um, man, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think this is going to be cool. We got some good fights on the card. Um, it's a cool location for me, which is like one of the central hubs for the outdoor community. So we have a ton of people going um, bunch of family members too. So yeah, man, it's going to be a good one. I'm, I think this is going to be a, a fun, just all around fight, both in the fight world and just spending time with so many cool people. Absolutely. I remember, you know, when the announcement was made, you were doing very knuckle. Of course, the immediate reaction is really, wow, that's kind of crazy. Didn't see that coming. You retired, you had all these businesses you were doing, you know, it seemed like you were good. You know, you were, you were done and that was totally cool. Like you seemed like you were resolved in, in retirement. You came back, got the big knockout. Everyone's very excited about that. So now the same thing is happening again that we have Luke Rockhold and Eddie Alvarez coming in. So I know, you know, when you got the offer to fight Eddie Alvarez, I know that's like exactly what the kind of fight you want, but what was your reaction? You know, you doing bare knuckle got a reaction. What was your reaction when you heard Luke and Eddie were doing it? Oh man. So like, honestly, I didn't know if I was going to be fighting again after that last one, it was kind of hit and miss. Like you said, I had a ton of other stuff business wise I was doing. So it kind of was put on the back burner a little bit. Um, we kept in touch with bare knuckle here and there throughout the year last year, but it wasn't until the beginning of this year when they said, Hey, we're, we got a couple big names we're signing. And one of them is Eddie and uh, we want to talk. And I was like, let's get a contract right now. Like that's, <laughs> that's a fight. That's an opponent that I would step away from everything else to to get in there and do. So um, that's pretty much what happened. We got it all done in a very short amount of time, jumped right into training camp and, Shit, we're ten almost ten weeks in now. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's you go through an entire career building your way up. You know, fighting in the UFC. You know, and then you get to these points where you have these almost like super fights. You know, it's something that's unique. It's different. It's a bare knuckle boxing match. So that's completely different. And then you got a guy like Eddie Alvarez who they throw in front of you, and it's your biggest payday yet. So it's like, man, this is. This is cool. Me and Faber talked about this years ago. It's like you want to get to the point where, you know, you're not so reliant on the fighting as far as money. Like you have to do it, uh, which is where I feel like I'm at in life. And then when these big opportunities like this come up, you can pick and choose. Like, what do you want to do? You don't have to do it, but it's an opportunity. And, man, this is a huge fucking opportunity. This is cool. You know, I get to get in there and compete against a guy that's, you know, been in the sport for a long time, somebody that I think I can beat. Um, and add that name to the resume, you know, I don't know if this is going to be the last fight or not. I'll just kind of see how this one goes and kind of reassess. But if it is, fuck, this is the way to go out, man. Uh, you know, a guy like Eddie, get in there and beat a dude like that and then hang him up. But I don't know. It's We'll have to see. I, I keep going back and forth with my wife and uh, and all my buddies. Everybody kind of wants me to hang it up after this. But we'll see, man. We'll just kind of see how this one goes. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'm – excited to get in there and do this uh let me ask you chad because when you're in the ufc and this isn't a knock on the ufc this is just the way the organization works it's kind of like a meat grinder right like you you fight 
you win or lose, and then, you know, right away, three months later, see you know, four months later, you're getting a call, hey, do you want to fight again? It's just like a, you know, kind of like the repetitive. That's just, I mean, that's part of the sport. We get it. Is it nice to be at this stage in your career where you can pick and choose? Like, you don't have to be here. Like, if they said, hey, Chad, we want you to fight, yeah, yeah we want you to fight some random dude, you could say, no, nah, I'm just, that's not really going to get me up. I'm not really in the mood for that. Eddie Alvarez, though, and a big-ass, you know, big-ass bag of money, you're coming mm-hmm. back. Is it nice to be where you're in control now and you can say, yeah, I want to fight or I don't want to fight? Because you know, again, this isn't a knock on the UFC, but that's just how they operate. Like You don't really get that choice. Like If they call you with a fight and you say, I don't want to take that fight, they might sit you for a year or you might be out six months or they may say, well, you're going to have to be out till you know next August. We're not going to book you. Is it nice that you kind of have the control now and you can say, you know what? I want to come back or, you know, I don't want to come back. A hundred percent, dude. This this is like ultimately what, as a fighter, what you build and try to get to is kind of what I feel like anyways. Like, I feel like I've put the work in the time and, you know, I use, and I, I gotta, I gotta think the UFC, you know, like without building my brand and like getting me to where I'm at right now, I wouldn't be in this position. So yeah, I mean, it is a grind and it's kind of a pain in the ass, but ultimately it's like all because of them too, you know? So um, yeah, you, you grind, you go through that grind for a long time, you get to this point and yeah, it's, I'm now able to just pick and choose because I have other businesses that are doing well. Um, obviously because of the brand that I've built, um, you know, and, and now we're here, we get to pick and choose and I choose this one. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be now, fucking awesome. <laughs> I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait. You know, you come from wrestling, of course. We know that. We've talked many times about your wrestling background, and I know the 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 damage your body goes through in wrestling like it is it is the most physically taxing sport along with mma because you can't just do one thing you have to train your entire body like when you're a wrestler it's your arms it's your chest it's your abs it's your legs it's your cats everything it's a total body sport and of course so is mma i've had this conversation with a lot of the guys who are veterans ben rothwell even luke rockhold guys saying listen doing this is so much better for me because I'm not killing my entire body to get ready for a fight. Like I could just train boxing. It's so much better. I feel so much healthier. Luis Palomino current champion. I think he's 42. He's like, I, he's like, if I was still doing MMA, I'd be retired. Like I couldn't do this at 42, but I could do it at, at, with bare knuckle. How much of, how much of a difference is your body? Like you, when you left, when you retired, it wasn't like you were, um, it wasn't like you were falling apart. Your body was like, you know, backfiring on you. You you chose to walk away, but how much better do you feel that you're not just torturing your body every single day with MMA? Because I don't think a lot of people realize like how much damage and, and work you put on your body when you're getting ready for an MMA fight or, or wrestling in your case. 100%. I was just talking to some of my younger teammates in the sauna the other day about this exact same thing. And it's, it's, tough and they're basically looking for advice like hey hey what would you do like how did you get all your training in without getting overtrained and i'm like dude that that right there is the if you can figure that out you will be a ufc champion <laughs> like that's that's the trickiest part of this entire sport like you have pro practice which is usually a full mma boxing kickboxing wrestling jujitsu strength and conditioning you know and then throw in all the recovery stuff you're trying to add in there too it's like there's not enough hours in a day and not enough time to recover from how much you have to train, especially this day and age. It's like everybody is good at everything now. It's not like you can just be a wrestler or a boxer or a kickboxer. Like you have to train full MMA and you have to be good at it in order to be the best in the world. And it's like, dude, how do you get through all that? How do you 
do two, three workouts a day, which is what you end up having to do and do four or five weeks into your camp. You're just so overtrained and beat up. You start getting injured. You're getting sick, you know, or you're just taking steps backwards. You're not feeling good in training. Yeah. That, that is something I do not miss. Like that was the hardest part. You know, I would sit down before camp and write out every week's day-to-day schedule, you know, obviously as a template and then just adjust accordingly uh, to what, you know, listening to my body, if something needs to change, it needs to change. But, um, man, not having to do that coming in, focusing on just boxing, strength and conditioning and cardio pretty much is it, you know, some long like run type stuff, which is easy. Um, man, that it is so much better. (laughs) I I love it so much, man. Uh, you know, I think the trade-off obviously is, the bare knuckle hitting, you know, obviously it doesn't feel good to hit or get hit, but I mean, I think that's, that's a minimal trade-off for how much less damage and, and stress you're putting on yourself throughout an entire training camp trying to get ready for an event or a fight. So, um, yeah, man, I, I enjoy this quite a bit more. Yeah. We, uh, we talk about opportunity, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, we get lost in opportunity when we talk about names in the sport. What I mean is like, you know, you hear Eddie Alvarez, you're like, boom, I, this is a fight I'm into. But the other side of that is this is still a business. And one thing I've always really respected about you, Chad, is that you've always looked at this as a business in some ways. Like you were always looking towards the future when you were in the UFC, like when you started your, your businesses. I remember talking to you about it, like when, when Feathers and Finn started, like, I remember that, like you were talking about that while you were still in your career, you were looking towards the future, even as you were one of the best featherweights in the world. Um, how much like, cause I think we lose track. Sometimes we talk about opportunity titles, big fights. Sometimes we lose track that it is still prize fighting, right? Like it is prize <laughs> fighting. Like Eddie Alvarez, great opponent you're not going to fight him for free. Like this is not something you would do just for the fun of it. How much, how much has that played a part in your decision-making of coming back and continuing to come back? And I know you told me before, and I know you said very honestly, after the first fight of fames, you said, you know, I may not come back. Like I don't need to come back. I may not come back, but you know, the right fight and the right opportunity, I'd come back. I imagine it's a combination. It's not just Eddie Alvarez, but it's also the money. We can't ignore that. Like that's gotta be a part in this, right? Oh, 100%. Man, this is the biggest payday of my career. And it's like, you know, you get to this point, you bust your ass, you get to this point, and and then I retire, and I never see those paydays, basically. And then these opportunities pop up, and it's the paydays that I've been, you know, looking for my entire UFC career. Uh, you know, so obviously it's – I don't want to say it's a no-brainer because there's obviously a lot of thought that goes into it for me and my family. I mean, it's – fighting in general is just dangerous. But, um, you know, I just feel – like you said, when I left UFC, I still was in my prime. I didn't, I didn't leave because I felt like I was done. I was too old. I was getting passed up, you know, still fighting and competing with the best guys in the world. Um, and so basically it was just a sit down decision. Like, all right, let's weigh out the pros and cons here. Like, you know, obviously it's dangerous, but you know, it's not MMA, it's shorter rounds, you know, it's, you know, and all these things and the, the pays. 10 times the amount or whatever. So yeah, I wasn't necessarily looking, I wasn't out searching for this. It just kind of got brought to me. And then, you know, it's that opportunity that you have knocking at your door and it's like, do you, you decide, do you take it or do you just go on with life and continue doing what you're doing? For me, it was, there was some excitement because it was something new. 
obviously a damn good payday. Um, you know, and I'm not, I wasn't too old yet. I think, I think if these opportunities were knocking on my door and I was 45 years old, 46 years old, you know, I'd probably be a lot more hesitant, but I'm in my mid to late thirties. Like I still probably could fight in the UFC for another three or four or five years if I chose to. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're here and I ended up deciding to go, go for it. You know, it's, these are big paydays. Uh, obviously the first opponent wasn't the highest level. He was a pro boxer, but it was more just the excitement of being something new. Um, and this one's now something new and a damn good opponent and my biggest payday. So yeah, man, there's a lot of things here that are very motivating for me, for me still. Um, you know, and I think once that motivation and that excitement leaves, it's definitely time to hang it up. Um, but when they say a name like that and I still get excited, fuck it, let's go. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. I'll get in, let's do it. Yeah. So, we could uh, we could spend an entire interview just talking about fighter pay. I'm not going to just like go down that yeah. rabbit hole all the way. But listen, the reality is because the UFC, they are still the biggest show in town. They're going to control more of the narrative in terms of what you can make and how much you can make. Now, again, like when you fought for the title in the UFC was several years ago. So money's increased. I'm sure what people are fighting for a title now is different than when you fought for the title. So I'm not making it totally about the UFC. But you also know you only have so much leverage when you're under a four or five fight deal. You know, and you get a title fight, you might get a bump and pay, but they're not going to just say, hey, we're going to start, you know, we're not going to roll out the Brinks truck and just pay you whatever you want. And I get it. That's the nature of the business. But how how happy are you that an organization like BKFC exists that like you were done? You were you were you seemed okay being done. Like you had all these other businesses. You, you, You accomplished a lot during your career. You seem to be okay with that. But. BKFC's out there and, and Luke Rockhold said the same thing to me. He's like, I'm making as much now as I kind of did during the Lorenzo Fertitta era when they used to come backstage and just hand you a bag. You know, now they don't do that anymore, but he's like, I'm making really good money. Eddie, I'm sure has said the same thing. Mike Perry has told me the same thing. Like they're saying this, like how important is it to have, like not everyone's going to do bare knuckle. We understand that, but how important is it for you that BKFC exists? Because we know we've gone through stretches where the UFC is the only show in town. But now we have UFC, we have PFL, we have one championship, we have Bellator and BKFC. Like that is like, now there's competitors. Now like UFC is going to have to force to pay guys more because BKFC exists or because Bellator exists. Like it's a big deal. 100% man. I think that's uh, a a cool time in, in where this sport is right now. It's like, there's so many different options that are now starting to pay better than what the UFC. So now guys have to realize like basically sit down and and analyze like, okay, is it more important to build my brand at this point and take a less, less pay cut or a less um, pay amount or say, screw it. Like I'm a prize fighter. I don't give a shit about my brand and jump over to some of these other organizations because let's be honest. It's like the UFC is going to build your brand probably bigger and faster than any of the other ones just because of where they're at right now the UFC is the top of the top, but they, I think they know that. And that's why they don't necessarily need to pay as much, you know? So, um, yeah, I think, and I've talked to some of my teammates about this too. It's like, are you more interested in building a brand more of like a long-term investment or do you want to get out and just try to make as much money in as fast amount of time as you can and doing that in some of these other organizations. So, um, but all in all, man, it's super cool to have these opportunities now. Like I wasn't sure if I was going to see that in my, in my fight lifetime, but um, it's cool to see this stuff popping up and having teammates go over and, and start doing it. And 
you know, seeing other fighters that were fighting in the UFC, big names jumping over and getting paid the big bucks. So, um, yeah, man, it's definitely cool to be a part of it still. Uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Now you've said very honestly, like you said, like this might be the last one. And, and I think you even said that after the last one, you said that that might be it. Like you're just kind of doing this one fight at a time. Um, in terms of the money, I'm not going to ask to see your receipts or anything, Chad, but if you, if you went out there and knocked out Eddie Alvarez, could you potentially just retire on this paycheck? Like, can I imagine? Like, I, I know you don't need it. Like, you you put away money. You've been good with your money. But, like, is it that kind of money? Because life-changing money makes a difference. Like, again, if somebody came to you and said, hey, man, we want you to fight, blah, blah, blah. We're going to pay you 50 grand. Well, you know, I'm not I'm not coming back for 50 yeah. grand. But they say, hey, here's the Brinks truck. We're going to roll out. And here's a, you know, eight-figure payday, seven-figure payday. You're probably a lot more apt to say, I'll jump back into training camp, do this to my body, put my family through it, all that kind of thing. Like, is this, is that the kind of, is that the kind of paycheck you're looking at right now? Yeah, of course. I mean, the thing is, it's like, at this point in my life, like any extra money that I'm getting, I'm looking to create passive income for my family, like investments, property investments, like whatever it is. Um, so yeah, I mean, this big chunk of money is probably going to get, put towards a, my daughter's college funds that I'm going to be starting and then trying to invest into something to where we can have a passive income, um, off of it. And I mean, I mean, I definitely could just retire on this 100%, but again, we'll just see if this fight goes really well. And then there's another opportunity to make something similar to this, uh, against a, a game opponent. Definitely not going <laughs> to say no. So, we just got. We just got to see. We got to take it fight, fight the fight for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to be as safe as I possibly can with my daughters and my family, but at the same time, you know, walking that line for sure of, of a high risk, high reward type thing. So uh, I don't know, man. I'm just trying to be as smart as I can here, but yeah, I still have that that drive and that desire to compete. I'm still young enough to do it, and I feel like I'm good enough to still do it. So. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what happens after this fight. <laughs> let me let me ask you real quick about Eddie Alvarez because we know, listen, this is one of those fights I don't really need to talk about because we know what you bring, we know what he brings. It's going to be a banger. We know it's going to be a great fight. But um, Demetrius Johnson was talking about this the other day and, and talking about bare knuckle and he was kind of talking about this fight and he was like, you know, he, he basically said that his war, his one concern or his one curiosity was how can Eddie take a punch now? Like, can he still take a punch like he used to? Because the reality is, is that Eddie has kind of gone through that Justin Gagey, Dustin Poirier kind of line where you, you go in there and you have these wars and you just battle back and forth. And he's always shown that, but listen, every, everyone's chin can get cracked. And we know, I mean, I'm sure you remember this. Like the first time Roy Nelson ever got knocked out in the UFC, everyone's like, Oh my God, how did Roy Nelson get knocked out? Every fight after that, Roy didn't seem to quite have the same chin anymore. Like, because it's just, again, it catches up to everybody. Obviously, on paper, you say, well, Eddie's a little bit bigger. You know, he fought at 170. You know, you fought typically mostly a featherweight. But, like, I look at this fight kind of like Demetrius. Like, yes, he may have a little bit of size, but I do have that question. Like, can he still take the same punch? You were not that guy. You didn't get in those kind of wars. You were not that kind of guy. You do have huge knockout power, and you didn't take a ton of As you said, I guarantee you, Chad, right now, I would say this to you 100% without, without question. If you're in the UFC right now, you'd still be a top five featherweight. There's not a question in my mind. You would still be a top five featherweight right now in the UFC if you were still there. Um, it's like, I know you're not going in there thinking, oh, man, he's washed or he's, you know, he's whatever this, but like, is that something like you'll see in this fight? Can he still take that punch? Because 
the reality is damage catches up to you. It always does. That's the tough. They always say father time is undefeated. Damage is undefeated. Once you get that chin cracked, you can't get it back. So is there like a curiosity, like hit him with one good punch. Can he take it? I mean, I think that's the, the best thing about Eddie and the worst thing about Eddie is, I mean, the best thing is he's had some, a very long career. He's fought a ton of times, um, but he's been in so many wars that we've all enjoyed more than anything to watch, you know, but that shit does catch up to you. I mean, he's, he's obviously older now. He's been out of the game for, oh, it'll be two years when we fought, when we fight, um, you know, and those last few years, especially he got into some big wars or got knocked out. You know, I don't know, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, I, t I talked about this in one of these other interviews and, you know, I just don't know what Eddie's going to show up. So we're preparing for the best Eddie possible, but man, we'll find out. I think the first big punch I land on him, you know, we're going to see if Eddie wants to really be in there or Eddie just wants a paycheck to get out. So yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. I mean, it definitely feels different. I know he's going to crack me. I'm sure. Uh, and that shit don't feel good. Bare knuckles. <laughs> so, um, but man, that's just part of the mindset you got to have going into this. Um, you know, we talked about this a little bit. He talked about it at the press, the press conference, you know, he's already expecting to get hit, get dropped. Uh, and he's said, I'll just keep getting up and keep coming. I think that's probably his biggest attribute is being able to take a punch, hit the ground and come back quick. You know, I've seen some of his fights where it looks like he's knocked out on the feet or he hits the ground and he's knocked out, but he's still able to like move and like do just enough to where the fight doesn't get stopped. Um, and then he comes back and keeps fighting. So yeah, with the, with the 10 second count in between, I mean, I'm sure that'll be enough to get his marbles back about him to get up to start fighting again. So I don't know, man, this is going to be a crazy ass fight. I don't know what the hell is going to happen, but <laughs> yeah, I'm just preparing. I got a great, great game plan. I feel good going into this. So I'm going to get in there and just give her hell. I always say bare knuckles is a different animal and you, you having even that one fight experience does make a difference though. We've seen a lot of guys and girls for that matter, come over from the UFC or the organizations. They step in their day one and they just don't look the same because it is a different world when you're not dealing with you're dealing. It's only, and again, it's, it's weirdly kind of like a hybrid of MMA and boxing because you can clinch more. You're working, you know, you can do the, the, the clinch on the neck, things like that. And also the bare knuckle, because again, we know, a guy like Eddie Alvarez, like, I, I don't know for sure. I have to imagine he's had a history of a broken hand somewhere in there. Like, that's just the reality yeah. of it. So you've been in there. You know what it's like. There's a little anxiety. And listen, he's a veteran. He's been around. But again, this is just stepping into all the worlds. So that little bit of experience, that experience you have is an advantage, right? Like, there's no doubting yeah. that. Yeah, I think so, man. I mean, it doesn't fucking feel good. Like, <laughs> there's no, like, way to sugarcoat that. <laughs> I'm going to be completely honest with you. Like, it hurts getting hit, and it hurts hitting. Like, I cracked fames with that right hand and my hand just instantly was I thought I shattered it and I remember going back to my corner right after that just being like oh my hand is fucked like my coaches are like shut up you're fine get in there keep going <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah man you feel everything like everything that connects you feel uh everything that connects on you you feel so it's it's definitely um a challenge like keeping your game plan and keeping your mindset the same and focused the whole time because it definitely disrupts everything. And you've seen that in a lot of the bare knuckle fights where it's like guys will get hit and it almost takes them like two or three seconds to realize that that, that hurt. And then they like go down, you know, and it's, I think that's what it is, but um, yeah, man. And I think the other thing is we talked about this, but 
it's a tiny ring. Like you're, you have no choice, but to be in each other's face. You're in the red zone the whole time. It's not like a big octagon where you can kind of bounce around on the outside, get your wits about you. It's like you're in the zone the whole time, um, which is definitely a game changer too. So yeah, you know, going into that first one, I had no idea about any of this. Um, so I think, yeah, having that experience and knowing that is going to be a little bit of an advantage for me for sure. Yeah. Well, I would argue that this card is, is one of the biggest cards of the year. You know, we obviously, we all kind of get caught up in like the UFC cycle of things and I don't want to sound like they don't put on good cards, but I looked at the schedule for basically this week going through the summer and I'm like, this is the biggest fight card in the next like three or four months. Like, you know, obviously when John Jones fights, that's a big deal. When Connor comes back, that's going to be a big deal. But like, when you look at the schedule, Bellator, PFL, all the organizations out there until we maybe get to Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, which is a big Mm -hmm. fight. I know your guy, Nate, I'm sure you're in there rooting for him, but like, this is probably the biggest card of the year up to this point. Am I wrong? Like this, this is, this feels like a really big deal. Yeah, I think so, man. I, which is exciting as hell for me, but uh, no, I agree with you. I I think it is going to be the biggest for a while and it's probably going to be the biggest in uh, BKF history for a long time. I think, you know, this is a stacked card. We got some cool, cool guys on here, cool girls on here, you know, animals getting in there and they're going to be tearing it up. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited to get in there and perform for everybody for sure. Absolutely. Well, Chad, I always appreciate the time, man. Obviously, uh, safe travels out to Colorado. Uh, have fun in the fight next week. Of course, I'll be watching. I can't wait to watch it. So thank you as always for the time, man. And uh, cannot wait to see cannot wait to see you in there throwing hands with Eddie Alvarez. Perfect, man. Thank you. Always a good time chatting with you. Absolutely. Sure we'll I'll talk soon, all right? All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. There you go. Chad Mendez doing the damn thing, getting ready for Saturday night against Eddie Alvarez. Uh, fun episode today, of course. Normally, we would be on here debating what happened this past weekend. Uh, Matt Brown, my normal co has made quite a statement saying right now he picks it. Sergey Pavlovich beats John Jones. I don't know that I necessarily agree with him, but uh, we'll have that talk when Matt gets back. Of course, Matt will be back in a couple of weeks. He has his own fight coming up on May 13th against Court McGee at UFC Charlotte, so stay tuned for that. Uh, next week, we're going to get into UFC 288 coverage. I'm going to feature a very special interview with UFC bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. Also going to uh, feature my interviews with Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad. I spoke to both of them just days after their fight, their co-main event fight at UFC 288 was announced. Uh, so I'm very excited to have those on the show uh, next week as we gear up for UFC 288. But this weekend, it is all about bare knuckle fight. It is all all about BKFC 41 from Denver. This is going to be a tremendous event. I'm looking forward to watching. I'm looking forward to covering it. Uh, I've said this many, many times about Bare Knuckle and and BKFC in particular. Uh, BKFC has tremendous production value, and I think that means a lot. I know some people kind of get lost in that. Like, how much does production really matter? Trust me when I say it really matters. And BKFC has been stellar with their production value and actually watching an event. It makes a huge difference when you're watching an event. You can actually uh, applaud the production value because as long as I've been doing this and I've been covering combat sports for a lot of years, I've seen some bad production. And if you don't put on the right kind of production, it can ruin your pay-per-view. It can ruin your event. And BKFC has really been top-notch really since day one. They've, they, they've really done a tremendous job with their production. I look forward to the production this weekend. A lot of personal.
personality in their shows, and I'm really looking forward to seeing this event. Uh, huge fights, like I said. Ben Rothwell, who I spoke to, I'll have a, a feature out on him later this week. Uh, Beck Rawlings returning against Christine Ferreira. That's an incredible fight. Christine Ferreira is a monster. Uh, that lady hits like a truck as well, and so that's a really interesting fight. The whole card is just stacked, so this is a massive, massive BKFC event. Really looking forward to that, and as I said, I couldn't think of a better way to uh, to work out fighter versus rider this week with Matt Brown out of action, uh, getting ready for his own fight and to talk BKFC. So, want to say a big thank you to Mike Perry. Want to say a big thank you to Luke Rockhold. And of course, a big thank you to Chad Mendez. We'll be back next week, as I said, previewing UFC 288 and also my interview with UFC bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling, who fights the main event against Andrew Cejudo. Also going to talk to Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad, who put together their fight on super short notice as they get geared up for a potential number one contenders fight in the co-main event. Uh, as always, you can check us out on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and of course, over on the best website in the world, MMAfighting.com. A big thank you to everyone that tunes in each and every week to the fighter versus the rider. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you then. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.